The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. This is the main event. This is your main event, Mark's Podcast. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, Cat Dad, and I am ready to rumble. I am Troy, and we're starting off this first podcast of 2024 uh, with some sad news. So I was going to post a podcast right when it happened last December. Uh, I just couldn't, uh, I, I couldn't get around to, um, really talking about it. I, I tweeted about it. Uh, I posted on Instagram about it. I posted some shorts on YouTube, um, kind of hinting to the fact of what happened, but, uh, I'm not going to go into a ton of details about it. He wouldn't want me to, uh, I'm sure his family doesn't really want to, uh, you know, go deep into it, but so my co-host, um, since this show started in the spring of 2020, Greg, or well, I guess that's summer of 2020, June, <clears throat> but anyway, Greg, the, uh, walking wrestling encyclopedia, watcher of classic wrestling, encyclopedia of classic wrestling, the main event collector, figure hunting warrior, uh, my tag team partner on this podcast for over, over 200 episodes, um, so on his way to work, uh, one day he takes, or he took the subway, um, all the time in, uh, or the train, whatever, in Northern California, uh, he never drove. And while waiting one day, uh, for the, for the train, he had a massive heart attack and was unable to be revived. Uh, he sadly passed away, uh, pretty quickly. I was really shocked. A mutual friend of ours gave me a call in the middle of the day. He never calls me, so I knew it was something bad. Uh, so, yeah, he uh, he let me know that he uh, he died, and it, it was it was shocking, hurtful, uh, just just devastating. I can't imagine his his family what what they're going through. I'm in communication with a few of uh, his friends because we had some mutual friends. Everybody's hurting. Uh, December was really, really rough. Uh, this was in early December he died. And uh, that's why, if you noticed, I stopped in December posting any new content. I had some new shows loaded up and ready to go. Or, well, almost ready to go. I had to edit them still. And I just, I didn't. I didn't post them because, um, I don't know, it's weird. It was, it was definitely weird at the time uh, to keep going on with content, even... Even if I put a disclaimer at the beginning, hey, uh, this was recorded a long time ago, uh, Greg is no longer with us, you know, I just, I didn't want to get into it at the time, but <clears throat> I figured now's uh, a good time. I wanted to, I'm not going to post consistent content every week anymore, uh, just once in a blue moon, especially right now with it being the road to WrestleMania. I'm going to be at my friends this weekend to watch the show. And the the Royal Rumble, baby, this uh this Saturday, I'm very hyped for it. Uh, I hope you all are too. If you're listening to this, I'm assuming you watch now. I mean, we do have some listeners, or did. I don't know if any of you are still subscribed, still listening. If you are, thank you. Uh, but to any of you out there, 
uh, that uh, don't watch. I know we had a few. Uh, we have a few listeners that uh, are just only into the retro stuff, and that's why they listen to us. So thank you uh, for sticking around. If you go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash at main event marks, it's uh, it's just become my my side project that I had going on the uh, marks on media where I cover movies, shows, video games, anime. Uh, it's reviews, previews, reactions, uh, news, rumors, and just other stuff uh, that I, I put on there. I literally update it daily. So tons and tons and tons of video content on there, everybody. So go check that out. And uh, I hope you subscribe. I hope you're still around here. And going into WrestleMania season, I wanted to post a show. It's uh, It's a best of. But uh, it, it kind of hits you with all the all the big reviews that Greg and I did throughout the uh, throughout the years. Just the uh, just the Royal Rumble matches. There's one that Greg is not in. It's going to be the first one. I'm playing them all in uh, chronological order, not in the order that they aired uh, on the podcast, but in the order of like counting down through the years, oldest to newest. Uh, the first review is actually me and Jacob Grandi. I'll get to that here in a minute, but we're not going to take any spot breaks as far as, um, we used to take a break to let you know, hey, listen to these other great podcasts, whatever. Uh, just give them a shout out. Uh, if, if you're into sports, uh, go check out, uh, TSS Fantasy, uh, here in Puckburg, I believe hockey season is going on right now. Um, I, I, I believe so anyway, no credentials required, uh, there, you know, those are the three sports ones. If you're into wrestling, obviously, uh, you can go check out the Brocast, cast with a K, uh, go check them out. They're Australian, but they're good dudes. So, you know, don't hold it against them. There's also the Apron Bump podcast, uh, Kyle from the Apron Bump. He's, he's a, he's a cool dude. Go check him out. Uh, and he's a funny follow on on social media as well. Follow him on uh, on on X, formerly known as Twitter. And of course, there's um, the Curtain Jerkin podcast with the guy who's about to join me in this next segment. It is Jacob Grundy. Uh, he covers uh, mostly current stuff, so go check him out. Nothing really retro about his show. And you can hear him on our YouTube channel as well. So go subscribe to us on YouTube. But this first. Uh, Royal Rumble match. It's it's all the thirty man Royal Rumble matches that we're going to be covering here, and uh, most of them are going to be me and Greg. But I want, like I said, I wanted to go in order. So Jacob Grandi actually joined me for a very special a bonus show at one point where we covered the very first ever Royal Rumble that was not even a pay per view. Uh, we are going to get a little happier now that we're done talking about um, death. Uh, I, I I also wanted to post this not just um, not just because it's WrestleMania season and because I felt like it, but man, I, I kind of miss talking about wrestling here in the old shows, and I really wanted to memorialize Greg. This was his favorite time of year was going into WrestleMania. So uh, there's going to be this one. I'm at least going to post another show before WrestleMania uh, with some highlights from us, but definitely check this one out. Uh, but first. We're going back to the Royal Rumble of 1988. 
1988 Royal Rumble was the inaugural Royal Rumble event for the WWF. It took place on January 24th, 1988 at the Cops Coliseum in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Blah, Canada. Uh, the event aired a on as a television special, actually, on the USA Network on the same night as Jim Crockett Promotions' Bunkhouse Stampede pay-per-view, uh, which is now in the archives, by the way. You can go check that out. It would be the only Royal Rumble event to broadcast as a television special as beginning with the 1989 event. It began airing on pay-per-view uh, uh, 1989. So you can listen to the uh, sultry sounds of me along with Jacob Grandi of the Apron Bump podcast as we run down the 30-man over-the-top Royal Rumble match from 1988. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. But it is a uh, the 20-man Royal Rumble match. That is right. Not 30, 20. And it went for 33 minutes. Bret Hart is number one. Tito Santana is number two. Uh, the number three is the natural Butch Reed. Number four is Jim Neidhart. The heels triple team Tito, just like they're uh, when they're all trying to toss Tito, though. Number five, Jake the Snake Roberts comes in, and he tosses Butch Reed before going off on all the heels. Number six is the King, Harley Race, who goes right after Jake. Jumping Jim Brunzel, number seven. Number eight is Jake the Snake's brother, Sam Houston. Tito Santana gets eliminated by the Hart Foundation. Dangerous Danny Davis is number nine. Number ten is Boris Zukov. Here's where things get a little weird. Uh, Don Morocco and Nikolai Volkov will run out at the same time and argue over who the number 11 entrant is. I mean... If you were Nikolai Volkov, wouldn't you want him to go before you? Yeah, I didn't get this. Was this a bot? Was this something that I didn't pick up on as far as storyline at the time? But it really seems stupid if it was kind of a bot because it's like no matter what you understand about the rules of the Royal Rumble, you literally just saw like six or seven other guys come out one at a time. So if you saw another <laughs> person come out with you, you would then know to not do that. Yeah, I guess this was, I mean, this was planned, all of it, so it was, it wasn't a botch, but I think their, their reasoning was, they're like, well, it's the first match of its kind, so we're gonna make it seem like people don't quite understand all the rules, or, you know, whatever. I mean, I can see both sides of why Nikolai would want to come in number 11, and why he wouldn't, because, we, you know, since his partner Boris Zukov just came in, maybe he'd want to come in and help him, but I don't know. Uh, but Morocco beats Volkov up, and then he slides into the ring, making him the number 11 entrant. Brunzel and Roberts team up to eliminate Zukov, and Morocco eliminates Harley Race. Number 12 is Nikolai Volkov now, finally. Number 13 is Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who the crowd just blows for. A couple notes about Hacksaw. First off, he's wearing his black trunks and the white knee pads, the white boots. So he's in his old, like, Mid-South outfit because the, i'm sure you remember them the same way i do in wwf you always wore the blue trunks and the blue boots 
I don't. Yeah, I'm not too sure about what's going on here. Yeah, he's kind of he's so he's kind of in his old mid mid south outfit, and then this was actually his return from being fired because I don't know if you remember the old incident uh, in I think it was New Jersey where he and the Iron Sheik were traveling together smoking weed and they got sure, pulled yeah. over and yeah, they got pulled over and it made big news for multiple reasons because. I mean, at the time, I mean, even now, you can't drive while smoking weed. So it doesn't matter if it's legal or not. So you got, they got busted for, you know, driving under the influence. They got busted for having weed. And Hacksaw was a big babyface, all-American guy. And the Iron Sheik was a big heel, anti-American guy. And they got caught in the news together, which back in 88 was no-go. So Vince fired both of them, and he brought back Hacksaw here. And not to spoil the ending, but this was kind of Hacksaw's like big hurrah. And after this, he didn't really go anywhere. I mean, he was there, and he would do things, but he was never a top guy. And I, yeah, I guess, I mean, rightfully so, rightfully so. I don't really, I don't really see him at the same level as you know you would a Macho and Andre Hogan. Yeah, I think according to. Bruce Pritchard, they were looking to have him be like the number two behind Hogan and kind of go around the loop as like, well, he's the other All-American guy and he's our top babyface besides Hogan going around. But after he got fired, then they kind of he kind of fell out of favor after that. So I don't know. I never thought Jim Duggan was ever like all that good. I don't think he ever elicited the same kind of reaction that you would think a top guy would elicit. Yeah. He'd get reactions here and there, especially during this time period. He was pretty over, but I don't know through the years. He kind of, yeah, more okay. of an entertainer than a in-ring technician for sure. Yeah. Uh, but he gets into a short scuffle with uh, Harley race in the aisle, but I say this, but really it was like Harley race hit him and then walked away and Duggan kind of like started going after him. And then he like stopped halfway and turned around. I was like, (laughs) he's an idiot. Greg and I talked about this on another show. He was on, uh, I can't remember what the hell. Oh, it was a Royal rumble 90. He did an interview where in the first couple of words, he like got tongue tied. And then he goes, (laughs) what the hell is wrong with you? It's like, as a kid, you're like, ah, cool, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And as an adult, you're like, my God, it's Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I mean, you um, got to like, think about what he did in, uh, in WCW in the 90s. Like, he had, he came out, uh, like, full gimmick. He had the, the wooden board. He had the American flag. He had the tape fist. And all along, he was supposed to be a face. It's like, he's got more weapons than anybody else. I know, right? Uh, but, yeah, Outlaw Ron Bass is number 14. Of Nikolai Volkov eliminated Jim Brunzel. Number 15 is B. Brian Blair. They kept doing this where, like, the partner would get in right as his, his other partner was eliminated. <laughs> Hillbilly Jim is number 16, who eliminates Jim the Anvil. Number 17 is Dino Bravo. Sam Houston gets dumped out by Ron Bass. The, oh, that elimination was sick, by the way, because he was sitting on Bass's shoulders and Bass just kind of like dumps him out over the top rope. <laughs> The Ultimate Warrior now is number 18. This was before they really decided to strap a rocket to him. 
Don Morocco or The Rock, whatever, eliminates Bret Hart, who as he was the first Iron Man being in for 25 minutes. One Man Gang now enters number 19 and eliminates B. Brian Blair and then Jake the Snake. The final entrant, number 20, is the Junkyard Dog, or as Uncle Dave called him, the Junk Food Dog. Uh, Duggan dumps out Nikolai Volkov and One Man Gang tosses Hillbilly Jim. Hacksaw hits his running clothesline to eliminate Danny Davis, who I was shocked was still in there. Right before One Man Gang and Dino Bravo team up to throw out the Ultimate Warrior. Ron Bass tosses Junkyard Dog right before Morocco throws Bass out. Morocco dropkicked Frenchie Martin off the ring apron. And then Dino Bravo holds on to Don. And the one-man gang runs in and clotheslines Don Morocco outside the ring. The two heels now. It's two heels and Jim Duggan. They team up on Duggan. Dino tries holding on to Duggan. And they try to do that clothesline again. But Duggan moves. Gang clotheslines Dino right over the top rope. I don't know if you noticed, it was kind of funny. Because he clotheslines him, he bounces into the ropes, doesn't quite get over. So he has to, like, jump himself up over the top rope. Yeah, I definitely saw that. Very obvious. Anyway, finally, Gang runs at or runs right at Duggan. Duggan pulls the top rope down, and one-man Gang flies over the top rope, giving the win to Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uncle Dave commented that this was, quote, at least as good as the Dusty Spectacular with better camera work. He thinks it's stupid to have faces and heels teaming up on each other and wishes that they'd focus more on the every-man-for-himself concept. But he also comments, I know, who cares? Uh, Uncle Dave gave this three and a half stars. I that kind of blew me away. I gave it two and a half stars. What say you? Um, I would say, yeah, I'm going to be right around there with you guys. Two and three quarter stars. It definitely doesn't hold up to other rumbles. Um, I feel like the modern rumble, isn't it done by uh, Heyman and uh, and Freebird? Uh, what's, oh, man, I'm blanking on his name. Michael Hayes. Uh, Michael Hayes. So uh, I guess this is a different booker than maybe I'm used to with uh, later later rumbles. Yeah, this one. I mean, for it being the first one, I thought it worked out really well. It was entertaining. Uh, I, I mean, I don't really. I I, I kind of laughed a little bit um, with you know, and I see I kind of see Dave's point because they were talking like whenever a heel got in the ring, they were like. You know, when it was like two or three heels, they were like, oh, no, you know, whoever the baby face is, is in trouble now. It's like, why? Like, do, do all the heels instinctively know, oh, we're bad guys. We need to be a team. <laughs> I, I thought that was a little funny. And, and every baby face instantly went to save the other baby face. So, yeah, I, I mean, even even the uh, the third entrance, Jesse Ventura, like says, like kind of uh, reveals their mentality because he's like, well, who's he going to help? Like, uh. And then Vince Man says, who's he going to help every man for himself? And then Jesse was like, well, there's obviously going to be alliances, you know. So yeah, kind of revealed their uh, their way of thinking about it backstage. Yeah, I know. I, I did think it was a little weird. And, and the alliance thing I get, because, I mean, we even see that to this day with people teaming up. And it's like, hey, you and you. But it's not like a foregone conclusion where it's like, hey, you're a bad guy. I'm a bad guy. Let's team up on the face. Or, you know, the baby face isn't going to run in and instantly save the other baby face. And yeah. if they and if they do, commentary kind of buries them for it. But uh, fun fact about this Rumble, by the way, 10 entrants, which is half of the people in this Rumble, um, they will never take part in any future Rumble matches. That oh, includes, yeah, 
That includes The Killer Bees, Don Morocco, Butch Reed, Junkyard Dog, Hillbilly Jim, Danny Davis, Boris Zukov, and Sam Houston. Also, Harley Race took part in the 1989 Royal Rumble event, but in a singles match, not in the match itself. Oh, wow. Okay. Damn. Well, I mean, it seemed interesting to hear that stat, but once you started reading off these people, I wasn't shocked about any of them, but, you know, maybe Harley Race. Yeah, most of these most of these people were fired uh, or let go or whatever at the end of this year. So, I mean, most of these guys weren't even around after 88. Uh, but the ones that were, I think Harley Race was one of the only ones that was still around going into 89, and he just wasn't in the match. So, yeah, let's uh, hit this last segment here before we go into the main event itself and wrap the show up. Craig DeGeorge is standing on a platform in the crowd with Hulk Hogan. I it wasn't until recently that I even remembered who the hell Craig DeGeorge was. Craig asks about uh, his about Hogan's upcoming match against Andre the Giant at uh, Saturday night's main event. Hogan says to be able to beat him, they've got to break the Hulkamaniacs and beat all the Hulkamaniacs and they won't be able to do it. Then it's Hogan must pose time. They hit the music and all that good stuff. So the crowd gets what they paid for. You could tell who the uh, the money drawer was. They had him out. They made sure to talk about it at the, the beginning. Uh, they made sure to, you know, throughout pretty much the matches were just things to break up showing Hulk Hogan. Right. I know. It's kind of funny. It was like it was about the 20 man battle royal and Hulk Hogan and Andre. That was it. But, I mean, that's kind of the way everything was back in the day. Uh, I mean, even Bruce Pritchard said, he's like, well, we kind of knew. It's like you, all we had to do was throw Hogan's name on a marquee and the damn place would sell out. Like, it didn't matter what the undercard was. He said the guys in the back even said they're like, well, uh, we want to be on whatever card Hogan's on because they knew they'd get paid more. Yeah, but, he was uh, uh, the pillar that held up the whole tent that was the uh, WBF circus for sure. <laughs> he definitely. We're not going to waste too much time getting into the next one. I just wanted to intro some of these for you before we just throw you right into the audio. So Greg will be joining me for this next one here. Uh, it is the 30-man Royal Rumble match from 1990. So a little bit about the Royal Rumble 1990. It was the third annual Royal Rumble event for the WWF. It took place on January 21st, 1990. At the Orlando Arena in Orlando, Florida, uh, and was attended by 16,000 people. The winner did not get a world title match at WrestleMania, but it did set up a few things for WrestleMania 6 in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Obviously, if anybody that knows anything about classic WWF, classic wrestling, will know that. That WrestleMania was headlined by Hulk Hogan and the Warrior. It was uh, champion versus champion. Warrior was the Intercontinental Champion. Hogan was the WWF Champion. They clashed over the WWF title, and the Warrior won. But here, at the Royal Rumble, it was basically just for bragging rights. So, yeah, anyway, it was a fun show, though. And uh, let's get into the Rumble match right here with me and Greg. It's so a 30-man over-the-top Royal Rumble match. It went for 58 minutes, 46 seconds. Ted DiBiase and Coco Beware start us out at number one and number two, respectively. DiBiase tosses Coco before the number three, Marty Jannetty, comes in. He tosses Jannetty before number four, Jake the Snake, comes in. Number five is the Macho King in the weirdest outfit I've ever seen him wear. 
which is saying something. Uh, the heels double team Jake uh, before number six Roddy Piper comes out for a surprise, and the crowd just blows their crap for him. But uh, I guess Piper. When was the last time we saw Piper? Uh, he returned at WrestleMania five. So, like, we mean here or what? Well, I would, I, like, was he consistently wrestling in the company at this point, or was he making? Yeah, he returned. He returned at WrestleMania five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. I I forgot about that. Yeah, okay. Uh, the Warlord comes out number seven. Number eight's Bret Hart. Bad News Brown number nine. Macho King eliminates Jake Roberts with a clothesline. Number ten's Dusty Rhodes. In two years, that feud's going to be reversed. Wait, what? <laughs> Roberts, Ma- Macho Man. Like in two years, it's going to be completely reversed. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, number ten is Dusty Rhodes, who comes out and just elbow craps. Er, <laughs> elbow craps. Dang it. What the hell? <laughs> Oops. Uh, who comes out and elbows the crap out of Macho King over and over before back body dropping I'm out of the ring for the elimination. Andre the Giant's number 11. He eliminates the Warlord with one arm as Heenan and Fuji get into a spat outside the ring. So number- what happened to the Warlord with two arms? I- <laughs> Shut up. Uh, number 12, by the way, is your favorite and mine, the man who has a special place in all of our hearts, the Red Rooster. He did, is, uh... Did you notice, by the way, the crowd did not care at all for him? I feel like he was the uh, only person that got zero reaction. You could have heard a mouse pissing on cotton. That yeah. is Brown's giving him run for his money on that, but <laughs> I still think he might have got kind of a couple boos. I, I didn't understand how Bad News Brown had a job at this point. Not that he was bad in the ring or anything it's just like like you said nobody gave a damn but yeah it was the number it was uncle dave's number one nephew right here the red rooster (laughs) roddy piper eliminates brad uh, bad news brown and then bad news pulls piper out of the ring by his hair eliminating him they brawl to the back so that's setting up for their epically racist feud coming up that was uh good stuff uh, see how that flies in 2020. Right, yeah. Hey, does somebody want to paint themselves black and do the promos of a black guy for their feud in 2020? I, I'm going to say no. Demolition Axe is lucky number 13 as Andre eliminates the Red Rooster. Oh no, he was my pick! <laughs> number 14 is Haku, who looks like he's wearing women's leggings from Target. Number 15 is Demolition Smash. Hakeem the African Dream is 16. Demolition teams up to eliminate Andre the Giant. Bret Hart got eliminated next. Bret Hart got eliminated while Andre was being eliminated, so, like, I didn't even notice. Jesse Ventura had to had to inform me. Uh, number 17 is Superfly Jimmy Snuka. Uh, he eliminates Hakeem. 18 is Dino Bravo. Earthquake's number 19. Uh, Earthquake eliminates Dusty Rhodes and uh, Axe. Jimmy Anvil Nightheart's 20. Everyone teams up to eliminate Earthquake. The crowd explodes for number 21 as it's the ultimate warrior. He eliminates Dino Bravo. Uh, model, the model Rick Martel, number 22. Smash gets tossed by Haku. Number 23 is Tito Santina, who goes right for Rick Martel. Okay, were they still feuding at this point, or was this just kind of like... Dude, they feuded for like two and a half years. <laughs> nice. Well, you know, if it ain't broke... Uh, Honky Tonk Man enters number 24. He's my new pick. And the heels team up on the Warrior. Was he eating broccoli? 
<laughs> we're gonna leave that right. We're gonna leave that right with that bat, Daddy. This is somebody else. <laughs> uh, Jim Neidhart gets eliminated. The Warrior eliminates Ted DiBiase next. He's finally out. Hulk Hogan's number twenty-five. The crowd explodes for him. Hogan tosses Jimmy Snuka, then Haku. Both the Island Boys are out. Uh, the Warrior eliminates Tito Santana. Number twenty-six to the match is Shawn Michaels. Uh, Hogan eliminates Honky Tonk Man. I feel as Shawn Michaels is coming into the ring, don't blink because the Warrior tosses Michaels right away, and then Rick Martel. Uh, Warrior and Hogan then stare each other down and repeatedly shove and shoulder block each other, and they both do a double down when number 27, the Barbarian, enters. This soon to be headlining a WCW event for a world title, by the way. The Barbarian? Mm hmm. What, what event was that? I think it was a Halloween Havoc against Ron Simmons. Holy crap. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> and why? <laughs> Hell if I know. What is... I want to say it was 92, I think. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like, what the F? Him and Brutus the F and Barber Beefcake headline WCW shows for world titles. For the... reasons. <laughs> yeah. I just, wow. But yeah, I like how they gave us enough My of a My point taste. is, though, there were quite a few main eventers in here at this point. So. Yeah. <laughs> I like how they gave us just a little taste of Hogan Warrior, by the way, without just, like, you know, giving us everything. Just a little bit to get us excited, but they didn't give away the farm. Uh, Rick Rude's 28. Rude and Barbarian try to eliminate the Ultimate Warrior, but Hogan hits them in the back, and Warrior gets dumped out. Warrior then runs in, Beats up all the heels, and then he runs away. <laughs> I was like, what did I just watch? Uh, number 29 in the Rumble is Hercules. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules! Uh, the number 30 entrant is obviously Mr. Perfect. Uh, Hercules dumps out the Barbarian. Rick Rude eliminates Hercules. Hogan throws Rude into the ropes as Mr. Perfect accidentally pulls him down to eliminate Rude. Then Hogan finally chucks out Mr. Perfect and wins the whole match. The crowd goes crazy. And now you know what time it is, Greg. Hogan must pose, pal. Uncle Dave and I both gave this three stars. I thought it was a fairly fun rumble. What say you? I said three as well. I loved it. Yeah. And this was obviously before the days of the winner gets a world title shot. But yeah, so. That's still about three years off. <laughs> Really? I thought, well, yeah, because 92 was the first one that was, like, for the world title. Yeah. And so 93 was the first then? Mm-hmm. Man. Didn't you say Hogan won two years? This was, like, his repeat win? This was his first of two. Oh, for, oh so he wins the next year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who won it in 89? I think John Studd. Oh, yeah. That's right, because the first two winners were, like, eh, you know, because in 88, we get Jim Duggan. 89, we get Big John Studd. And it's like, hell of a way to bring it up with Hogan two years in a row after that. And then Ric Flair. Oh, yeah. I don't think anyone ever would have called that. Yeah, who do you think is going to win, you know, one of the biggest matches in uh, the WWF? Well, Ric Flair. <laughs> the NWA fans would have murdered you if you would have said that back then. Greg is going to be with me for the rest of these. These are all reviews that we did together. 
I wanted to intro this next one here before we jump into it. Uh, we're jumping two years into the future from the previous Royal Rumble. We had, did not get a chance to do 1991. I want to say that was on the docket, and um, we just obviously didn't get to it, unfortunately. But uh, this Royal Rumble that we're about to cover is known as possibly the greatest Royal Rumble in history. It was loaded to the brim with stars, and it was the first ever Royal Rumble for a world title. Yeah, the, the title was held up and after, uh, I want to say it was after the, the twin referee thing. I could be getting my timeline completely screwed up. But either way, the title was held up and it was put on the line here in the Royal Rumble. And it was, well, you'll see who wins at the end. Anybody who knows history knows who won. Uh, but either way, uh, the Royal Rumble 1992 was the fifth annual Royal Rumble event from the WWF. It took place on January 19th, 1992 at the Knickerbocker Arena in Albany, New York, and was attended by 17,000 people. The winner got the WWF title, and Greg and I are going to cover it right now. The Royal Rumble! It's the 30-man Royal Rumble match. It went one hour, two minutes, two seconds long for the vacant WWF World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, we'll go over the uh, Iron Man and all that kind of stuff right after this. But number one is uh, the British Bulldog, and he's taking on number two, Ted DiBiase. Bulldog clotheslines DiBiase out and stands alone for a while. Uh, Ric Flair is number three. Nasty Boy Jerry Sags is number four. Sags gets thrown out of the apron by Bulldog. Trash talks. And then Bulldog drop kicks him out like a real idiot. Uh, Haku is number five. As the next countdown happens, Bulldog dumps Haku out over the top rope. Shawn Michaels comes in at number six. Number seven is El Matador. Ugh. Uh, Barbarian comes out. I think he's also freshly minted off of Tito Santana, huh? Yeah, heaven forbid he has a he has a, a real name. Uh, the Barbarian comes out at number eight. Entrant number nine is a Texas Tornado. Not Kerry Von Erich, just the Texas Tornado. The Repo Man enters number 10. He's my pick, man, I'm telling you. Because he's a perfect 10. Uh, Craig Valentine ten, is number 11. Ten. Uh, right now, so think about this. Right now, we've got three former NWA guys, a WCCW alumni, and two former AWA guys, and a Stampede Wrestling guy in the ring with the Barbarian. <laughs> oh, I never thought about that. Barbarian was also in AWA, I believe, too. Ah, well, then three former AWA yeah, the power, guys. Yeah, the Powers of Pain were in AWA. Or maybe, no, huh. NWA. Yeah. Were they there yeah. first? They were definitely there first, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So... <laughs> It's funny to think about. Nikolai Volkov comes in at number 12, slapping hands. Uh, he's announced as a Lithuanian now, not a Russian. So I guess that's to take some of the heat off of him. Uh, Nikolai uh, gets stuck. Yeah, they just did the whole seceding, right? The USSR thing? I think. Or breaking it up? Yeah. So they wanted yeah, to I make him face for that? Yeah, because yeah, I know he was... Uh, 
he was supposed to, yeah, he was supposed to be a baby face around this time. I know he started wearing the, the U S like the U S flag was on his, uh, his trunks and whatever. So he was trying to be more friendly. Yeah. The cold war ended in 91. So by this point, you know, he's, uh, yeah, the USSR is, uh, pretty much donezo. Anyway, uh, Nikolai gets stuck in the corner and, uh, repo man dumps him over the top rope to eliminate him. Yes, the Repo Man gets an elimination. <laughs> uh, entrant lucky number 13 is the Big Boss Man. Repo Man gets a second elimination as he throws Greg Valentine over the top rope. Boss Man runs and chucks Repo Man over the top now. Bulldog beats on Flair for a while, uh, but Flair finally backbody drops him over the top rope. Texas Tornado tries to go after Nature Boy, but Rick ducks down and drops Tornado over the top now. Just as the buzzer goes off, El Matador pushes Shawn Michaels out, but Michaels holds on to uh, Matador, and both men are eliminated. Don't they face each other at the upcoming Mania? Uh, Shawn Michaels and Matador? Yeah. 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 Okay. Now in the archives, by the way, go check that out. It's a nice follow-up to this. Uh, Number 14 enters now, and it's Hercules, Hercules! Uh, Flair. Uh, I used to love him, man. I used to swing that chain around just like him. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, because he didn't totally start doing that because of uh, Bruiser Brody or nothing. <laughs> I don't know. There were a few guys that did that. Obviously, you, you, Bro- Brody was never in WWF, so it's not like you would have ever seen that. But uh, was he even in NWA? Like when you were watching? I'm wrestling? pretty sure Brody was was dead when I started watching wrestling. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, he wasn't he wasn't even a thing. Well, I think that's why uh Bruce Pritchard said the uh like we had talked about the the Berserker, how he used to do all of Brody's stuff. He said yeah. they tried over and over to get him to stop doing that, and he just wouldn't. And they're oh. like Yeah, they said we would have probably like done a little bit more with him, but they said he was kind of an a-hole and he just like like, I don't know if it was his tribute to Brody or whatever, but it's like he just came off as like a ripoff. So, yeah, I can yeah. see that. But anyway, uh, Flair forms an alliance with the Barbarian for like a whole five seconds and then turns on him. Barbarian goes to dump Flair over, but Hercules tosses Barbarian. Big Boss Man then comes from behind and chucks Hercules out. Boss Man runs across the ring at Flair. Flair drops down and Boss Man hits the ropes, and flops over the top to the floor. Keep that in mind, by the way. Uh, he was he was not thrown over. He, he basically eliminated himself. But either way, uh, we're halfway through this one. It's entrant number 15 is Rowdy Roddy Piper. Comes out like a house on fire, beating Ric Flair all over the damn place. And this is an old Mid-Atlantic ma- matchup. Uh, when Piper locks Flair in a sleeper hold, Jake the Snake Roberts enters at number 16 and goads Piper into coming at him. Fans are still super into Jake, even though he's a, a heel. Yeah. Seemed like Jake had a hard time getting people to actually boo him, even when he was a dastardly heel. He was just so damn cool. I, I had I such know. an easy time, honestly. But... <laughs> uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan enters at number 17. Now we've got two Mid-South guys in there. Uh, IRS now runs and enter, runs down and enters at number 18. 19 is Jimmy Superfly Snooka. 
Entrant number 20 is The Undertaker, led to the ring by Paul Bearer. Bobby Heenan loses his mind on commentary, scared for flair throughout this whole entire match, and it's effing great. This is some of the best part of this whole Royal Rumble. I know. I loved Heenan on commentary. It's like, oh, my God. No. Don't. Hold on, Rick. And Gorilla's, like, talking crap to him the whole time. He's like, shut up. Shut up, you. That's great. <laughs> and Gorilla the whole time, too. He remember, he's like, I told you, Brain. Nobody in the history of the Royal Rumble from number one through ten has ever won the thing. <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, just shut up. By the way, keep in mind, uh, Hogan won think the year before this and the year before that uh, okay yeah so he was a back-to-back winner when it literally meant nothing uh you did not get the main event at wrestlemania when you won unofficially but yeah, he did happened. the year prior yeah but either way uh the undertaker eliminates jimmy snuka macho man randy savage enters at number 21 literally sprinting to the ring savage beats the piss out of jake roberts and knees him in the back, sending him over the top rope. Now, Savage leaps over the top rope. The commentary claims that he has to be thrown out to be eliminated. No, he has to be propelled. Yeah. So, remember that with the boss man where not a single soul <laughs> touched his ass? <laughs> I think he has a claim. Just saying. Yep, big uh, boss man, Chris Axel, are still in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Yep. Oh, man. Entrant number 22 is the aforementioned Berserker. Virgil comes out at number 23. Entering at number 24 is Colonel Mustafa. Oh, hold on now. You know, he came out at 23. You know how many bags he had a chance to go through in the back there? (laughs) How did that get off on TV? Wait, oh, Virgil? Did Did you hear when he even said that? No, I freaking missed that. That's effed up. Yeah, he's like, he's like, you want number 23? You know how many bags you had the chance to go through back there? Holy Good shit. God. That cop on TV. <laughs> That's effed, man. Uh, number 24 is Colonel Mustafa, a.k.a. the Iron Sheik. Good Lord. Number 25 is the model, oh, Ricky Martel. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Macho Man eliminates Colonel Mustafa. Coming in at 26 is Hulk Hogan, who, like a true babyface, starts cracking skulls together and raking eyes. Yeah. And he was always just a giant Richard, wasn't he? Uh, he was. But it is every man for himself, <laughs> to be fair. Yeah, but it doesn't mean uh, every man breaks the rules and it's totally cool. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I. It's like, like you said, ever since Conrad pointed that out, like, yep, he was always kind of a kind of a Richard. <laughs> anyway, uh, Hogan clotheslines the Undertaker out of the over the top rope and then chokes Rick Martell with his ripped shirt again like a true baby face. When Jim Duggan attempts to eliminate Virgil, he goes over the top with him and both are eliminated. Entrant number 27 is Skinner. Number 28 comes out and it's Sergeant Slaughter. When Skinner tries to eliminate Roddy Piper, Rick Martell comes from behind and eliminates Skinner. Number 29, Sid Justice runs to the ring. The final buzzer goes off now, and the Warlord enters at number 30. Sid Justice throws Sergeant Slaughter chest first into the turnbuckle, 
And Slaughter just flops over the top rope to be eliminated. Uh, Piper flops onto the apron and eliminates IRS by his tie. That was kind of funny. Sid and Hulk team up to dump the Warlord over the top rope. Piper and Martell attempt to eliminate each other, and then Sid dumps them both over for the eliminations. Sid puts Savage on the top rope. Flair runs to the back of Sid and Savage. Or, or hits the back of Sid, and Savage tumbles over the top rope to the floor. When Hogan is stop, stomping on Ric Flair on the apron, Sid Justice walks up behind him and tosses Hogan. Hogan tells Sid that he stole his belt from him, brother, and grabs Sid's wrist. Ric Flair then comes up behind Sid Justice and throws him out over the top rope to win. What a jerk. <laughs> so real yep. quick, Sid eliminated the most people at six. Ric Flair was right behind him at five. Ric Flair was the Iron Man hanging in for a one hour and two seconds. Uncle Dave gave this thing three and three quarter stars. I gave it three and a half. Probably the best Rumble ever. What say you? I'm going to say as a Royal Rumble match, this is a solid five. It's one of the, it's the best one. Or one of the best. 2007 is right there for me, too. But I'd have to go back and watch that one. I don't remember off the top of my head. But uh, who won the 2007? The Undertaker. Oh, okay. Yeah, this uh, is really damn good. History-making, of course. Hulk Hogan, like, first of all... Like, and this is not going to be the last time he does something like this as a quote-unquote babyface, where he's like, that title is mine. I, like, I have claim to it, and, like, if if I don't win it, that means I was robbed, and I've got to screw you over now. Because we, <laughs> it was at World War III, 1995, he does the same damn thing in a battle royal to yep. the Macho Man. And the crowd booed the hell out of him then. And here, he's been eliminated and still helps to eliminate Sid Justice and screw him over. Sid has every right to hate Hulk Hogan after this. But anyway, Hogan gets into the ring after the match and chases Ric Flair off. You know, because that was warranted. Sid Justice gets in behind Hogan now, and when they go face-to-face, Sid shoves him. Hogan shoves Sid back, and a bunch of agents and referees hit the ring to separate him. Sid drops to a knee and basically begs Hogan to fight him. The crowd chants, Justice! Justice! I wonder if he knew, like, 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 I wonder how, uh, like, if if they figured this was going to happen, and I wonder how, like, Hogan felt. It was like, man, this is the first time anything like this has happened to me. Like, even it goes all the way back to 1992, dude. Sid had that you know, that it factor. People just loved him. Yeah, we've talked about this multiple oh. times. Hogan had to have been like just flabbergasted. There's no way he could have been like, oh well, Sid's gonna get cheered over me. Yep. Like the closest that anything like this has ever happened for Hogan was with the Warrior, and it was not this this like split. It was also designed to be like that because they're both face or like big faces. <laughs> right. Sid was eventually going to turn heel and still have the crowd behind him over Hogan. That's funny. And obviously it wasn't the whole crowd. There were people that, you know, still cheered for Hogan and whatever, but yeah, it's just, it's funny. 
Either way, we now go backstage to witness one of the most famous wrestling segments of all time. You see it everywhere. Mean Gene Okerlund is standing by with Jack Tunney, who presents the WWF World Heavyweight title to Rick Hey, Flair, hey, hey, put that cigarette out. <laughs> who is flanked by Mr. Perfect and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Rick delivers the famous with a tear in my eye. This is the greatest night of my life promo. Flair says that he proved he's number one and everyone delivers a woo. Heenan puts over Flair's endurance in the rumble and Mr. Perfect says that they told you so. Mean Gene also has his famous, as you just mentioned, hey, hey, put that cigarette out moment. (laughs) And this closes the show. This next one we're jumping into, it is uh, five years after that previous one. This is actually one of my favorites, maybe not one of the best of all time, but the show as a whole was pretty fun to re, uh, to to review. I would suggest going back in the archives, watching or listening to the whole thing. Uh, Greg and I had a lot of fun with this. I, I liked it, even though some of the matches were just kind of, eh. Uh, 1997 was a fun year. So this is the 1997 Royal Rumble. It was the 10th annual Royal Rumble event for the WWF. It took place on January 19th, 1997, again, uh, from the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas. It was the biggest one yet. Uh, As has been customary since 1993, the Royal Rumble match winner receives a World Championship match at that year's WrestleMania. For the 1997 event, the winner received a match for the WWF Championship at WrestleMania 13. And uh, this show actually featured Shawn Michaels versus Sid for the WWF title. But the attendance of 60,477 is the highest recorded live crowd in the Royal Rumble's history, with the 2017 edition of the event held at the same venue being the second largest. In addition to hometown hero Shawn Michaels going for the WWF Championship, the WWF was working with the Mexico-based Lucha Libre AAA Worldwide, a.k.a. AAA, and had several wrestlers from that company participate in the Royal Rumble match, as well as in a number of undercard matches. It was fun. It was cool to see some of them participate. Uh, Mil Mascaris has a uh, incredibly stupid moment that you will see or hear about rather uh, later on when you hear this review, but it's a lot of fun. Check it out. Now we get the 30-man Royal Rumble match. It goes 15 minutes, 29 seconds. So, Crush of the Nation of Domination is number one, and Ahmed Johnson's number two. The fake Razor Ramon comes in at three and instantly gets tossed by Ahmed. Farouk comes out to distract Ahmed Johnson, and Johnson eliminates himself to run after Farouk to the back. And this is when I was talking about they stepped on some commentary from prior years. Because I think it was 1992, Macho Man jumps over the top rope to go get Jake the Snake. And he gets back yep. in, and Gorilla Monsoon flat out says, you have to be propelled or thrown out. But yet Ahmed is just out. Well, it, his commentary was kind of messed up that, that same night, because before he said that, uh, the big boss man ran at the ropes, hit them, and flopped out. So and that counted. So whatever. I mean, he he did the best he could because Macho Man effed up. But yikes. Either way, Phineas, I messing up in a Royal Rumble is kind of a thing. You remember he tried to pin Yokozuna in 1993? (laughs) (laughs) God. But Phineas I Godwin enters in at number four to brawl with Crush. Number five is Stone Cold Steve Austin. 
Austin comes off the second rope for Phineas, misses, and hits Crush. Then Phineas eliminates Crush. Austin then hits a Stone Cold Stunner on Phineas and eliminates him. Bart Gun comes out at number six. Did you know what Phineas take- I Godwin if you take the initials of Sales Pig? Of course. <laughs> but uh, Bart Gun comes well, out at number we six. We mention that every time we talk about them on the show. Oh, y'all have to. That doesn't take Oh, well, you didn't. Long I was trying to cover your ass. Well, thank you for that. Uh, but Austin tosses Bart in short order. A very out-of-shape-looking Jake the Snake Roberts enters at number seven. He gets dumped out as the British Bulldog enters at number eight. Kiroth is the first AAA wrestler to enter at number nine. As usual, Bulldog has a good showing in the Rumble. Number ten is the Sultan, the future Rikishi, coming out with the Iron Sheik, who would win the Gimmick Battle Royal at WrestleMania 17. The legendary Mil Masteris enters the Rumble at number 11. 12 is Hunter Hearst Helmsley. We're on him in a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The ring is filling up. Bulldog clotheslines the Sultan out of the ring for the elimination, and Owen Hart is out at lucky number 13. There's a pileup. Owen helps with it, and the Bulldog ends up getting eliminated. He shouts at Owen before leaving. Yeah, and that becomes a thing for the next couple of weeks on TV, by the way. Uh, Of course it does. Uh, Goldust comes out at number 14. Entering at number 15, Cybernetico. Cybernetico and then Piroff get eliminated. And then Mil Mascaris dives off the top rope out of the... <laughs> uh, out on is. top of Piroff to eliminate himself. He's the second idiot in this match. Uh, Wildman Mark Miro comes out at number Wasn't 16. Wasn't there a story behind that? He didn't want to get tossed out? Yes. So mm-hmm. they made a compromise to make him look like a moron. But uh, uh, he apparently said yes, to be fair. <laughs> yep. Oh, well, yeah, I'm not blaming WWF. But Mark Merrow and Goldust both eliminate Helmsley. Uh, we get Latin Lover entering at number 17. Owen Hart <laughs> dumps Goldust out before Farouk enters at number 18. Farouk back body drops Latin Lover out of the ring before Ahmed Johnson runs out with a giant plank of wood. Smacking Farouk out over the top rope with it. With the most horrible smacks I've ever seen in my life, by the way. Yeah, I'm like, dude, can you not control that thing? What the hell? Uh, yeah, like my Trent... 90 pound sister could probably do a better swing with that board than that. Right. Uh, Owen Hart tries to eliminate Mark Marrow, and the camera completely misses Steve Austin dumping them both out. Good or job. Done. Replay. <laughs> Number 19 is Savio Vega who goes in hard on Austin until getting a stun gun and clotheslined out over the top rope. Double J, Jesse James, comes out at number 20. A real Austin double tosses. J. Yes. Uh, Austin tosses him in short order. We now get the famous meme of Austin sitting on the top rope, Bret Hart's music hitting for number 21, and Austin grabbing his head, looking shocked. These two beat the tar out of each other for a little while. For Jerry the King Lawler gets off commentary to enter at number 22. <laughs> he jumps over the top rope into the ring. Bret Hart punches him and knocks him right out. At this point, well, this is the few that will never die. Right. It's like, good lord, guys. But Fake Diesel now comes out at number 23. Number 24 is the legendary Terry Funk. Rocky Maivia is number 25. Mankind, 26. Flash Funk, 27. And number 28 is Vader. And then number 29 is a Henry. big, nasty grizzly bear. <laughs> wow. The Mastodon. <clears throat> and number 29 is Henry O. Godwin, Hog. And so then... I watched Royal Rumble 96 uh, a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it was Vader's debut. And Vince McMahon straight up calls him the WWF's Mastodon. He really 
Well, you didn't want to call him that, didn't you? Glad they talked him out of it, but good lord. But the final buzzer goes off, and entering the match at number 30 is The Undertaker. All the lights drop when he enters, and once you, you know it's going to be him, because for some reason, the announcers tell us it is. Yeah, right. I'm like, really? The, uh, that probably sucked for the guys in the ring. It's like, ah, crap, the lights. They had Lawler say we should have the whole Royal Rumble like this. <clears throat> oh, my God. Yeah, he did. Catch that. Yeah. I didn't catch that. Ironically, wow. at this third Royal Rumble coming up, we're going to have a pitch black match, and I think it's going to be like that. Oh, they haven't Lord. said what it is yet. That's probably, nice. probably what it's going to be. Well, uh, Undertaker uh, comes right in and goes after Vader and Mankind. Vader chucks Flash Funk over the uh, over his head and outside of the ring. Undertaker grabs Henry Godwin by his throat and throws him out over the top. Mankind grabs Rocky with a mandible claw and shoves him out over the top rope. Mankind lands on the apron and pulls uh, Flash Funk out <laughs> over the top. I just had a flashback real quick. We said Rocky Elementary. When I was a kid, I loved Rocky Elementary. I was like one of the few, apparently. And I thought yeah, this was right. the end of his winning streak. Oh, damn. <laughs> no, he doesn't count. Yep. Either way, Mankind pulls Flash Funk out over the top, and then Funk pulls Mankind outside to eliminate him as well. Uh, the refs are distracted by Mankind refusing to leave as Bret Hart tosses Steve Austin. Austin gets right back in the ring since nobody saw him be eliminated, and he tosses the Undertaker and Vader. Bret Hart eliminates Diesel right before Austin runs up behind Bret and chucks him out over the top rope to win. Uncle Dave and I both gave this three stars. What say you? Same. Yeah, cool rumble. Cool way to. I thought it was an underrated rumble, finish. actually. Yeah, uh, some pretty good names in this one. Uh, it's an original way to to uh, end that one. It was different. But after the match, Stone Cold immediately gets out of the ring and walks to the back, celebrating. Red Hart throws an absolute fit, throwing referees and shouting or shoving. Yeah, Red Hart's crying again. What else is new? <laughs> he even grabs Vince McMahon and shouts at him uh, about it before storming off to the backstage area. Next up in the lineup, we're jumping three years in the future in the new millennium. It is the Royal Rumble 2000, baby. The Royal, the 2000 Royal Rumble is the 13th annual Royal Rumble event and 100th pay-per-view overall produced by the WWF. It's crazy uh, that I completely missed that when we reviewed this, by the way. But it took place on January 23rd, 2000 at Madison Square Garden in New York City, New York, with an attendance of 19,231 people. It was a pretty fun event. Taz debuted against Kurt Angle and ended his winning streak with a uh, Taz mission. Uh, go check out our review. I, I love this this show, by the way. But this is probably best known for the screwy finish to the Rumble, which you'll hear here uh, in our review, and the Triple H versus Cactus Jack street fight for the WWF title, one of Greg and I's favorite matches ever, and he was a huge Triple H fan uh, and a huge Mick Foley fan, too, so it was great for him. But this Royal Rumble was the first WWF pay-per-view event to air on terrestrial television in the United Kingdom, as Channel 4 had acquired the rights to broadcast World Wrestling Federation programming that year. The Royal Rumble aired live with commercial breaks, a format that was changed for later pay-per-views on Channel 4. The event has uh, been named as one of the 15 best pay-per-views ever by WWE, with the street fight match being critically acclaimed among various viewers. Yeah, it was a it was a great show. I loved re-watching it. I've seen it before, but I loved re-watching it. 
This was at the height of The Rock's fame right here. 2000 was The Rock's year, man. And Triple H was just sinking his teeth into being a bad guy, having killer matches. It was it was a good show. Like I said, the wonky finish to the Rumble was what it was. But check it out. You're going to love it. Royal Rumble 2000 now. All right. Main event time. It's a 30-man Royal Rumble match. This went for 51 minutes, 49 seconds. Uh, D'Lo Brown is number one, and Grandmaster Sex A is number two. Here's the show you were you always quote, because Jerry Lawler says, uh, he, he was talking about Grandmaster Sexay. He said, I thought he was luckier than this. And JR <laughs> says, Greg's favorite line of, well, I heard he had a bad break at birth, but that's just a rumor. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. Someone in the front row on hard cam has a sign that says, Tom is gay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how did that not even get blurred? I mean, like, I know they don't edit any. I mean, they edit some things, but they don't edit a whole lot on the network. They kind of just let it fly, which I personally love. But this sign would not even get into the building today. I mean, if people were allowed in the building, you know what I mean. Who's Tom, by the way? Is it the, is that the guy from? He knew. Uh, from, from, what's that called before Facebook? Was that? Uh, oh, MySpace. Yeah, yeah. My, yeah. Is that his name, Tom? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, people always do that. Like when Mark Zuckerberg does something stupid, they're like, you know what? We never got this kind of crap from Tom. <laughs> oh man. The rock's most feared adversary headbanger Mosh is number three. And he comes out with fuzzy cones on his <sighs> chest. Like Madonna. This is the one I wish Mattel would make a lead of. Oh, well, yeah, but kind like of like I'll even joke. Hey, the rock picked this guy. Win the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was this before or after Beaver Cleavage? This was uh, after. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Kai and Ty rushes down and gets beat up. Christian is number four with a huge ovation. I was shocked about that one. Apparently, he was getting over. Oh, they were still big, huge faces until uh, until Sunday Night Heat of WrestleMania 16. So there you go. Wow. Uh, the fans blow for number five, Rikishi, who eliminates Mosh, Christian, and D'Lo. Scotty Two Hotties, number six, and Too Cool convinces Rikishi to have a dance break with them before Rikishi eliminates them both before dancing again. The camera makes sure to zoom in on Rikishi's ass, by the way. I don't know if you caught that one. Yeah. Number seven, Steve Blackman is next. Rikishi tosses him before number eight, Viscera, comes out. Uh, After three super kicks, Rikishi finally eliminates Viscera before Big Boss Man comes out number nine. Uh, he sits outside until he's jumped by number 10, Test, who the crowd explodes for. That one shocked me because I didn't remember him being that over. Uh, the British Bulldogs, number 11. Uh, Gangrel is number 12. I, I guess, this, by the way, the significance of British Bulldog, I guess this was the first pay-per-view of the WWF shown live over in England. So, I, I don't know. I guess this was a huge get. Uh, Kayantai runs down again, gets beaten up again. Number 13 is Edge, drawing a huge reaction. King says that he wants to see footage of that little Chinese guy, Takamishinoku, being thrown out by the big boss man one more time. Yeah, I made a know that. <laughs> and he keeps calling them the little Chinese guys, and JR keeps saying they're Japanese. He's like, ah, whatever. Something else that wouldn't fly in 2020 or 2021, I guess. Uh, yeah, so for those that don't remember this, it's a famous clip. Boss Man 
chucks uh, both of them out, and he throws Taka over the top rope. Taka front flips and busts his face on the padding outside the ring, and he gets ha- he has to get rushed to the hospital. I think he has a pretty damn bad concussion. Medical so. facility. They actually, I, I was know. shocked at that one too. They kept repeatedly saying hospital. I'm like, wow, that's you'd never hear the word hospital on WWE TV now. Uh, Bob Backlund enters number 14 to thunderous cheers. Uh, that one blew me away. <laughs> like, I forgot he was in this. I was like, wow, what the hell? Conrad gave uh, Bruce Pritchard crap about that one. He's like, why the hell? In 2000, did you have Bob Backlund in the Royal Rumble? He's like, well, we were in MSG. He's a big legend there. He's like, yeah. And he was running for office in Connecticut. Remember, he even said that when he actually gets eliminated. Jim Ross like, Connecticut registered voters. We need looking for you. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Backlund. Uh, it takes six men to eliminate Rikishi. Number 15 is the future Le Champion, Chris Jericho, who eliminates Bob Backlund. Of all the oh, stuff. No. You choose that. What? He Good is Lord. Le Champion. Lord. Uh, Crash Holly, who is allegedly well over 400 pounds, enters at number 16. And, literally, get, and he literally gets paddled by Edge over the top rope like he's a misbehaved child. Good Lord. Uh, China is number 17 and suplexes Jericho out of the match before Bossman eliminates China. Farouk enters 18. The Mean Street Posse rushed the ring. I completely forgot about them. And they beat Farouk up before leaving, allowing the boss man to toss Farouk. That's what I said. He's not paid by the hour. Uh, Road Dog is number 19. The crowd starts chanting that they want Rocky. You can tell who the star of this match is. Al Snow, without any gimmicks whatsoever, is number 20. And, 21 is, yeah, and number 21 is Val Venus. Uh, Funaki runs in again because Tak is gone. And he gets chased off. Uh, we find out that Taka has been taken to the hospital at this point after being knocked out. Uh, Prince Albert is number 22. <laughs> Real name. As Edge gets eliminated, uh, King starts talking about his piercings. and <laughs> Because, of course. Yeah. Uh, number 23 is Hardcore Holly. Number 24 is finally The Rock. And the crowd is on their feet. The Rock eliminates Big Boss Man right away. Billy Gunn is number 25. The Rock eliminates Crash Holly. Well, there's another one of my picks gone. <laughs> number 26 is The Big Show, who eliminates Test and Gangrel right away. Bradshaw is number 27, and the Mean Street Posse jump him, as, or they try to jump him, but he beats the ever-loving hell out of them and tosses them, and then the Outlaws team up to uh, toss Bradshaw. Farouk then comes out, and the Acolytes both beat the crap out of the Mean Street Posse for the backstage area. Because, you know, if there's one feud in 2000 I was aching to see, it was the Acolytes and Mean Street Posse. <laughs> oh, <sighs> number, man. Number 28 is Kane, who enters with Tori. No, not Wilson. Uh, Kane tosses Val Venus right away. Godfather is number 29 as Kane eliminates Prince Albert. Funaki runs in again as Kane refers to or excuse me, as King refers to him as the little Chinese guy yet again. Uh, And Al Snow tosses him, of all people. Finally, number 30 is X-Pac. Look, I love X-Pac, but that's not exactly a, holy crap, number 30 is X-Pac. Yeah, right. (laughs) 
Uh, Hardcore Holly, then The Godfather, and finally Al Snow all get tossed. Billy Gunn tosses the road dog, and Kane eliminates Billy Gunn before the outlaws pull Kane outside and beat him up. The Rock tosses X-Pac sky high over the top rope, but the referee didn't see this. He's being distracted by the brawl outside the ring, so X-Pac just gets right. He spin kicks Kane out of the ring before Big Show press slams X-Pac outside. Man, he was just uh, there to take bumps, I guess. Uh, Big Show attempts to power slam the Rock out of the ring, but the Rock finally, he holds on to the top rope, and he dumps the Big Show out over the top rope for the win. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this two and three, four stars. I actually thought it was damn entertaining. I gave it three. What say you? I gave it four. I love this one. It was really good rumble. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the Rock grabs a mic after the match to tell the crowd how he's going to WrestleMania if we smell what he's cooking. But the Big Show runs in, cuts him off, and he beats him down. Then he tosses him over the top rope. So the Big Show, again, gets his heat back after uh, after a big loss. The Rock is going to WrestleMania. Was, was the thing afterwards that they said that the Rock's feet actually touched outside when he eliminated Big Show? So from my knowledge... He was it wasn't supposed to happen, but his feet hit, so they ran with it. But huh. his feet did touch first. I don't know what they had to have had something in mind for it with the you know, and they just used that as an out because I don't know, like they with the way they shot it, they purposely couldn't see his feet. So they could have just said, nah, he yeah, he eliminated him, he's good. Clean elimination. I wouldn't have minded seeing Triple H versus The Rock one-on-one to close out WrestleMania. I thought that would have been awesome, but... That's what it should have been. Yeah, that Mick Foley and Big Show filling out that match, it's just like, why? They just wanted to get more McMahons in there, I guess. I mean, all McMahons. Yeah, right. Now we're going not too far in the future to one of my actual favorite years. Looking back, I don't know, I guess I looked at this year with rose-colored glasses, uh, but it was still a fun year, definitely a very, very pivotal year in wrestling history, but we're only jumping a year ahead to just a couple of months before WCW officially shut their doors. I think this was the month that ECW did officially shut their doors for good. It is the Royal Rumble 2001. I think this is me and one of uh, me and Greg's uh, one of one of our favorite Royal Rumbles in history. It was it was great. Go check out uh, our review of this as well as uh, WrestleMania 17. But the t- 2001 Royal Rumble was the 14th annual Royal Rumble event from the WWF, and it was amazing. As was this entire WrestleMania season. It took place January 21st, 2001 at the New Orleans Arena in New Orleans, Louisiana, in front of 17,137 people in attendance. I'm pretty sure that's the KFC Yum Arena or whatever the F it is now. I was there with Greg. Uh, We were there for TakeOver New Orleans uh, right before WrestleMania 38. Uh, We saw a basketball game there. It was a it was a good arena, but uh, holds a lot of memories. New Orleans holds a lot of memories now, especially now that uh, my best friend has uh, passed away. But uh, getting back into this, though, the winner of this match would receive a WWF Championship match at WrestleMania X7. If you know what happened at WrestleMania, you know who got the win. 
But yeah, so uh, Austin and Rock were vowing for the top babyface position here in 2001, going into WrestleMania. Big, big shakeups going on across the wrestling world uh, from top to bottom. But here we go. Uh, one of the greatest Royal Rumbles of all time, in my opinion. Royal Rumble 2001. It is the 30-man over-the-top rope Royal Rumble match. It went just shy of 62 minutes. The first entrant is Jeff Hardy, and Bull Buchanan is number two. I see Bull Buchanan, and my eyes are glued to the screen. Man, dude, right the sensor was hot as hell, dude. Oh, yeah. Uh, His son is currently in NXT. I forget his damn name, though. Uh, he's, He's one of the redneck guys. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. I can't remember what his name is off the top of my head, though. Either way. I know I know which one it is, because we just like him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you and I, I always laughed about this, and you and I talked about this, where it's like, everybody always like, uh, oh, I don't, I don't want to get number one, but nobody ever talks about number two. It's like, it's just as bad. <laughs> you, <laughs> the match starts with two people in the ring, and you're one of them. So, uh, who cares? But number three is Matt Hardy. The Hardys both eliminate Bull. Oh, no. Uh, Farouk I thought he was going to go far, dude. Yeah, I figured at least, you know, final four. <laughs> but Farouk enters at number four. After Jeff hits a swanton bomb on Farouk, the Hardys both eliminate the APA member. Drew Carey enters at number five and stands outside while the crowd chants for him. While going for a superplex, the Hardys both fall off the top rope and eliminate themselves like complete idiots. Number six is Kane, who circles the ring. Drew offers Kane some money, but Kane goozles him. And then Raven comes out at number seven to hit Kane in the back with a Singapore Kane. He caned Kane. I like how they say he inadvertently saved Drew Carey. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, why didn't he let him get chokeslammed? Was he a fan? I don't know. I always think that in the Rumble. I'm like, because you see people saving each other sometimes, and I'm like, why are you, like, why? Just let that person toss him. Unless you think you're going to, like, if, if it's your pal get their, or something. Get their help later. That's the only thing I can think of. But Drew Carey eliminates himself and then runs away. Raven gets more weapons, and then Al Snow jumps him. But referees hold Al Snow back until the buzzer sounds. Number eight is Al Snow, who uses weapons on Raven and Kane. I guess, Even it's, roll- I guess it's legal now because he's in. Oh, so stupid. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah, because he might have been disqualified otherwise. Hell ever. Uh, he even rolls a bowling ball right into Raven's nards. That was something. Uh, number nine is Perry Saturn, who comes out with a very roll tide looking Terry Runnels. Everyone's oh, not wearing. <laughs> yeah, right. And of all people, Jr. said that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, calm down there, buddy. But everyone gangs up on Kane. Steve Blackman enters at number 10, and he uses his sticks on everyone. Mr. Personality. <laughs> right. I, I'm going to use the same comparison that uh, I think Jim Cornette used for... Uh, it's either Jim Cornette or Bruce Pritchard used this, com- this uh, analogy for uh, Dan Severn. They said he has the personality of a UPS truck. Okay. Yeah. 
But number 11 is Grandmaster Sexay. He gets eliminated by Kane. She and... pops hard for him. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but that's not his son, Greg. They remember that. So they Some people no say he's got a bad break at birth, but that's unconfirmed. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but after he's eliminated by Kane, so is Steve Blackman, and then Al Snow, then Raven, and finally Perry Saturn. Honky Tonk Man is number 12. He's the one I was talking about is in the conversation of those three men. The greatest intercontinental champion of all time. But he comes out and sings and dances to a theme song in the ring while Kane stares at him. Kane eventually rips a guitar out of his hands and slams it over his head, and then he tosses him. Look, I'm going to say this. He took a hell of a bump over that top rope, man. Aim that too, dude. And I'm like, holy crap, freaking Kane just chucked his big white ass over that top rope. But The Rock now enters to a huge ovation at number 13. Number 14 Unlucky is the... 13. Yeah, right. Uh, number 14 is the Good Father. Gets eliminated quickly by The Rock. Number 15 is Taz in his mechanics outfit. He gets sat on the top rope by Kane and punched right in the uh, right in the face and knocked out of the ring. Just said hook, dude. My gosh. It was at, uh, that's 21 years ago. So what was, is he even 21? Yet? I don't think he's even born yet. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, not even a glint in his father's eye. Someone uh, has a sign on hard camp. It was actually a sign guy. Has a sign that says, my crap is bigger than Taz. <laughs> cool. That was great. I, I was like, what? Uh, Bradshaw enters at number 16. Albert is number 17. Oh, man. The hip hop hippo. Uh, number 18 is Hardcore Holly. K Quick, the future R-Truth, is number 19. Val Venus is number 20. Number 21 is William Regal. Number 22 is Test, who eliminates William Regal. A returning Big Show is number 23. I'm going to say this, by the way. The whole reason he was gone was because they sent him to OVW to lose weight. Um, Did he lose it and then find it again? I don't know, but he looked bigger than he was when he left. Yeah, right. Because Uncle David talked about that in the newsletter. He was like... Uh, he's like, I'm calling shenanigans on him losing weight. All right. He was like, freaking look at him. He's like, you he might even be bigger. But anyway, Big Show eliminates Test and K-Quick right away before Chuck slamming Albert, Bradshaw, Val Venus, Hardcore Holly, and then Kane. The Rock then kicks him in the nards and clotheslines him out of the ring. Uh, Crash Holly enters at number 24. The Big Show pulls The Rock out of the ring and then Chuck slams him through the announcer table. Uh, that would have. <laughs> yeah. If I was if I was watching this live, I would have thought, oh man, now he's gonna win. It's like he's gonna come in at the last minute and win the whole thing, right? Well, not quite. Kind of what I thought. Yeah, seemed obvious, but I don't know. Entrant number twenty-five is the Undertaker, who rides his motorcycle to the ring. He eliminates Bradshaw, Hardcore Holly, and Val Venus, while Kane eliminates Crash Holly and Albert. Number 26 is Scotty Too Hotty, who looks scared to get in the ring. Brothers of Destruction eventually destroy him and toss him out. Number 27 is Stone Cold Steve Austin, who gets jumped from behind in the aisle by Triple H. They brawl all over, and Austin gets busted wide open. 
Dude, he was bleeding a gusher. I was like, holy crap, that's a lot of blood. Uh, number 28 is Billy Gunn. Mr. What was it? Billy Bitch Cakes. It's the one. Yeah. Yeah, the the one. Uh, who? Yeah, he, he got a haircut. He got a new theme song. His ass no longer says Mr. Ass. Yeah, it's, it's a whole new Billy Gunn, man. But Austin is pouring blood right now. Number 29 enters, and it's Haku. You might recall, yeah. <laughs> if you were watching it this time. Oh, go ahead. It said a couple of weeks ago, like, this was the first sign that they said he was going under. They literally lost one of their champions. Granted, it was the hardcore yeah. title. No one gives a damn, but a champion right. left the company. That should have been a sign right there. Yep. Well, as uh, as you just mentioned, uh, if anybody was watching live at the time, just last week, Haku, under the name Mang, won the WCW hardcore title. Well, it's WC- in WCW's Infinite Wisdom. They put the title on a guy who wasn't even under contract. It was only working on a per-night deal. And, well, then this happens. I mean, don't get me wrong. Man, that like, prestigious oh title dies. Yeah, right. Like, okay, don't get me wrong. I'm not pointing out, like, holy crap, this was, you know. First of all, they got the hardcore champion of WCW. My God, what a get. <laughs> like, what's WCW going to do now? They, they booked around that title. Uh, and then second of all, no disrespect, but seriously, it's like, oh, man, they, they got Haku back. Man, things are really going to, like, that's really going to move the needle, man. You think they were kicking ass before? Watch <laughs> out. Kicking uh, names I'm, and taking ass. <laughs> right. Uh, all right, I'm done. I'm sorry. I just, it's like, I, I know it was a, like an, a middle finger to, to WCW, but it was more of like a, ha, we have them and you don't. What are you going to do about it? It wasn't a, oh, my God, what a coup. Haku. Exactly. But you're here all he's here all week, folks. <laughs> Number thirty finally enters, and it's Rikishi, who I forgot was a heel this time. And he attacks Stone Cold in the aisle way. He's a bad man. Uh, dude. It's right there in his song. Right. I uh, hate that fire. I didn't mind it uh for the heel Rikishi. I don't know. It just I like how the song just starts off with I'm a bad man. Like, <laughs> oh, well, now we know what to expect. Either way, uh, he attacks Stone Cold in the in the aisle way, but Austin fires up on him before getting in the ring. Austin then eliminates Haku. Rikishi super kicks the Undertaker out of the ring, eliminating him. When Rikishi goes for a bonsai drop on the rock, Rock gets up and low blows him before throwing him out over the top rope. That is the second person he's eliminated in this match by kicking in the nards, by the way. You notice that? Uh, yeah. Or hit, or hitting in the nards, I should say. Uh, Austin tosses out Billy Gunn. Austin and Rock then square off while Kane is down. The crowd goes nuts. Austin tries to eliminate Kane, but Kane tries to dump them both. But Austin hangs on, and the Rock gets eliminated. JR has mentioned the XFL multiple times in this match, by the way. Throw it over, pal. I just. He's like, because uh, I think I think The Rock low blowed somebody again. I can't remember what it was, but somebody kicked somebody in the nards, and and uh, JR was like, oh, there's an XFL like punt. I'm like, what? 
How do you know it's going to be that good? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kane then brings a chair in the ring. Austin hits a stunner on him, repeatedly blasts him in the head with a chair, and then clotheslines him out of the ring to win. This was his third win, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Uncle Dave gives this three and a quarter stars. I gave it an even three. Good rumble. Let's say you. I gave it four. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, what was the one we were uh, the 2017 one? I felt. I don't know. Might have been a little better match quality wise, but this one had a lot of twists and turns. Uh, and I will say they only had three surprise entrants. It was Haku. Drew, I guess Drew Carey was if, you know, you weren't paying attention earlier in the night. He was kind of a surprise because they, they threw him in at the last minute. And then uh, Honky Tonk Man. Then other Big than slow. that, they had a salt. Yeah, but uh yeah, they had a, yeah, they had a solid a, roster. It shows a surprise oh, entrance too. So. Yeah, that's 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 right. Yeah, so four four surprise entrants. But they had a they had a solid roster. So there's 26, 26 guys in there that you know they didn't have to rely on a bunch of uh, surprise entrants and that kind of stuff, which which is cool. And the surprises are always good, but you know you like to see it's like they had a lot of mega stars at this time too. WWF was chugging along in the number one spot fairly comfortable well beyond comfortable because wcw is about to be no more but the crowd freaking blows for austin's win he has a beer bash in the middle of the ring to close the show <laughs> i i chuckle because i'm like ah, no pyro no pointing at the wrestlemania sign remember those old days <laughs> yeah i like it now yeah, I think it's, I mean, I like the pyro and the, the the pointing at the WrestleMania sign is a cool visual. It's, it's, it's funny that, you know, everybody makes reference to it. They're like, point at it, point harder. <laughs> oh, you're going uh, WrestleMania, pal, point at it. God dang it, point, point harder, point more. And you and made Uncle it Dave, <laughs> Uncle Dave calls this one of the best pay-per-views in WWF history. He called Chris Jericho versus Chris Benoit the first match of the year contender for 2001. I didn't look to see if it it did win that, but who cares? Thank you all for sticking with me as long as you have. This has been a long show, but I hope you've liked it. It's basically a really big, long bonus show, uh, if you think about it. Um, but I, I hope you all have uh, been having a good time so far. This is our last stop on the pod. This is a Royal Rumble from just seven years ago. It's uh, Royal Rumble 2017, and it's the most recent Royal Rumble that Greg and I had ever reviewed. Uh, remember the Rumble, baby. That was the tagline. Because the 2017 Royal Rumble was the 30th annual Royal Rumble event produced by WWE and took place on January 29th, 2017 at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, in front of a crowd of 52,020 people. This was the second Royal Rumble to be held at this venue after the 1997 event and the fourth to be held in the state of Texas after the 1989, 1997, and 2007 events. Traditionally, the Royal Rumble match winners receive a world championship match at that year's WrestleMania. However, due to the brand, excuse me, however, due to the brand split that was reintroduced 
in July 2016, the winner received a match for their respective brands world championship at WrestleMania 33, either Raw's WWE Universal Championship or SmackDown's WWE Championship. It was also the last time that uh, only the men's Royal Rumble match took place as the women's Royal Rumble match was introduced the following year. Yeah, buddy. And I got to go to WrestleMania 34 where uh, Asuka, the first ever women's Royal Rumble winner, took on Charlotte for, uh, I think it was a SmackDown Women's Championship. Great match. That review, by the way, for WrestleMania 34 that Craig and I were there for live is now in the archives. Go check that out. But anyway, Royal Rumble 2017 review. It's our last stop on this here pod. We're going to remember the Rumble right here, right now. It's main event time, 30-man Royal Rumble. It went an hour, two minutes, six seconds. Quickly running through some of this. Stop me here if you have any comments, by the way. Uh, Big Cass is the first entry, along with Chris Jericho at number two. And, you know, Big Cass had to come out first with Enzo and do their whole shtick for, like, five minutes. The crowd freaking blew for them, by the way. So that was fun to remember. Uh, People love those guys, man. Yeah, and now Big Cass is in uh, Impact doing stuff. And he could be the next Impact champion. I said earlier, hopefully Cardona, but it could be Cass. I still think they gave him, I realize it's his real name, but they call him W. Morrissey. Really? Yeah. Um, Sounds like like an accounting firm or something. (laughs) Yeah, right. When he was in the Indies, I think he went with uh, uh, Kaz XL or something. Yeah, right. Yeah, I remember you and I used to joke about it. We were like, what is he going to be, Big Will or or Large Will? I think one of our friends said Large William. (laughs) I said Will XL or something like that. I was like, ah, I was close. Anyway, number three is Kalisto, now with backstage bitching action. Uh, Now. (laughs) Mojo Raleigh is number four. God help us. I got five is staying hype for that, dude. Hell yeah. Uh, number five is Jack Gallagher, which I forgot was a thing. Hey, you remember too. he got me too'd? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Uh, that was not intentional. <laughs> <laughs> just happened. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. That was not intentional. Well. Quickly, quickly moving on. Uh, number <laughs> number six is Mark Henry. Uh, Henry eliminates Jack Gallagher first. Ron Strowman enters at number seven. Strowman quickly eliminates Raleigh, Big Cass, Kalisto, and then Mark Henry. Sami Zayn is number eight. Number nine is The Big Show. He gets eliminated by Braun Strowman next. Number ten is Ty Dillinger, and the crowd hits the roof of the Alamo Dome. I, I freaked the F out. I, yeah, because we didn't see it coming. We were like, how did we not see this coming? It's ten. I think, think, if I remember correctly, I think I was watching this with a friend that listens to the show. And yeah, yeah, I think I told him that was my pick. I have that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I I can't remember correctly, but didn't he wrestle the night before at TakeOver San Antonio? Yeah. I don't remember who, but yes, he did. Yeah, I'm trying to see here. Uh, oh, he wrestled uh, Eric Young. That's right. Oh, it was the opening match of the card. Yeah. 
And uh, Ty Dillinger, now Sean Spears in AEW. Eric Young, now back in uh, Impact. So there's that. With uh, what's that group called again? Uh, uh, Violent by, by Design, design or Violent by Design. That's it. Yeah. Whatever. But anyway, number 11 is James Effin Ellsworth. Uh, when he's too scared to get in, Carmella yells at him to get in and shoves at him. Dean Ambrose oh, is number 12. Yeah, right. Uh, Dean Ambrose is number 12. Dean tricks Ellsworth to get into the ring and Strowman eliminates him. Uh, Baron Corbin enters number 13. This was the Baron Corbin that I liked, by the way. Anything after this gimmick, I didn't give a damn. Not say I don't like Baron Corbin. Just saying I don't like the gimmick they slapped on him. No. By the way, somebody pointed out, you know, everybody talks about the one-winged angel, which, you know, obviously nobody's ever kicked out of it. Nobody's ever... Uh, Ever wait, didn't, kicked out of didn't the Hangman, didn't Hangman kick out of it at the pay-per-view? No. Uh, Hangman Hangman hit Omega with it, and Omega kicked out. Remember? Clearly I remember, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So technically somebody kicked out of it, but Kenny Omega wasn't doing the move. So nobody's he kicked out of it. Out of the move. Nobody's kicked out of when Omega's deliberate, is what you're saying. Gotcha. Right. So Omega's the only man to ever kick out of the move, and it's his move. So, But nobody has ever kicked out of the end of days. Ever. I don't know if you realize that. So, uh, somebody uh, will when, he, when eventually Mad Cat Moss turns on him. Oh, good lord. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Ty Dillinger gets eliminated by Braun Strowman next. After Sami Zayn hits the Halua kick on Strowman, Halua clotheslines him. Yeah, I don't get why they call it Haluva kick. It's like it's supposed to be Helluva. Haluva doesn't even they, make sense. They don't want to offend censors. How, how is hell like that? Doesn't get bleeped. I don't know. Uh, they is say it, uh, I don't want you to believe, but S H I T. They say it regularly on every show now. Yeah, like both companies. So I don't I don't know the rules anymore. I'm lost. They're getting edgy, Greg. There you go. Branching out. Hey, they're trying to get that ever important uh, 18 to 49 demo or whatever the hell. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I don't know. But Sammy hits a halluva kick on Strowman. Corbin clotheslines him out and finally eliminates Braun. Kofi Kingston's number 14. Number 15 is The Miz. Sheamus is number 16. Big E is out next at number 17. And number 18 is Rusev. Cesaro now enters at number 19 and starts swinging everybody. Xavier Woods comes out at number 20. Number 21 is Bray Wyatt. Number 22 is Apollo Crews. And yes, the ring is full. Uh, The bar then then eliminates all three members of the New Day at the same time. And then uh, Chris Jericho eliminates the bar when Sheamus turns on Cesaro and tries to eliminate him. Randy Orton enters it. Yeah, right. Uh, Randy Orton now enters number 23, and King keeps stupidly shouting, out of nowhere, out of nowhere. I'm like, so he entered the Rumble out of nowhere? Like, I, like, what the, What are you doing, man? It's like, wait for your cue. <sighs> yeah. Because, so, remember, I think I think it was last week uh, when I had mentioned to you that King spoils the Royal Rumble. Uh-huh. I think it's right around here where... They're tr- someone's trying to win Orton. King clearly goes, well, wait a minute. Orton's supposed to win this thing. I don't, 
and then just shuts up. <laughs> what the hell? I, I didn't yeah, what part, catch I, that. Yeah, I remember I caught it live, but then you know I I, I forget, it was someone was being like they were attempting to eliminate him in the corner, and King's like, hey, you can look it up on YouTube by the way. He goes, wait, Orton's supposed to win this thing, and then he goes quiet. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Well, he missed his cue here because he starts shouting out of nowhere, like during the entrance for no reason. And then Orton comes in and starts RKOing everybody. And it's like, okay, now you can say it. For God's sake, King. Like, <laughs> but Dolph Ziggler is number 24. Number 25 is Luke Harper, who eliminates Apollo Crews right away. And Bray Wyatt tries to get between Harper and Orton. Harper hits a spinning clothesline on him and then tries to hit Sister Abigail, but Orton RKOs him. Brock Lesnar now enters. Yeah. Uh, Brock Lesnar now enters number 26. Lesnar eliminates Ambrose and then Ziggler before destroying everyone with suplexes and F5s. Number 27 is Enzo Amore, and Corey Graves geeks out because he says he's going to get murdered. And sure enough, he gets destroyed by a Lesnar clothesline and then tossed out. And uh, by the way, I think I forgot to put in here after the RKO, I think Orton eliminates Harper. Either way, uh, number 28 is Goldberg. The fans explode like it's pyro. But you know, Greg, nobody likes Goldberg. He, he was never over. Oh, hell no. Oh, God, I want to see this guy. Yeah, right. so Half the damn building's there to see him. But, you know, whatever. You, you have your dumb opinions. They all chant his name. Yeah, but, uh, the Undertaker. No, they pipe that in. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, Goldberg then hits uh, a spear on Lesnar and clotheslines him to eliminate him. The Undertaker now enters number 29. The lights drop, and when they come back on, Undertaker is in the ring behind Goldberg. Uh, he he actually surprises Goldberg later on from behind and eliminates him. Finally, number 30 is Roman Reigns, who enters to a chorus of boos. See, he gets booed nowadays, but that's because he's a heel. <laughs> I don't, think, he, I don't think he really gets booed much nowadays anymore. Just, yeah, I know. They, well, yeah, I kind of misspoke there because now he kind of gets cheered. And it's like, what the f- what, what's going on? This here? is what we wanted you to do. So now we like you. <laughs> I know. It's like, can you well, just that word the heels? Least, uh, fickle. Yeah. Fickle. Fickle. Anyway, uh. Undertaker eliminates The Miz and Sami Zayn before Roman Reigns clotheslines him out to eliminate The Undertaker, which the crowd boos again. Roman Reigns hits the Superman punch on Jericho to knock him off the top rope and eliminate him. Then it is down to two men, or I'm sorry, three men. Uh, Reigns then tosses Bray Wyatt, gets RKO'd out of nowhere uh, during a spear attempt, and then Orton eliminates Reigns to win the Royal Rumble. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this three and three quarters of a star. I gave it three and a half. I thought it was a damn good rumble. What say you? I gave it three as well. I loved it. Yeah, it was really good. It's hard to rate a Royal Rumble high, but it was a really good match. I liked it. Some big names in it. They kept pumping up. Oh, it's going to be Goldberg. It's going to be uh, Lesnar and Undertaker and all these guys. Like, yeah, that was cool. Even though Undertaker and 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 and. Goldberg in the same ring, same time as cool. I know. Of course, you know, it would turn out disastrous later, but. Yeah, right. Right here was cool. And, and The Undertaker was clearly out of shape at this point, but still, I mean, just seeing him is always cool. He didn't really have to do a whole lot in this match. It's a Royal Rumble, so, you know, whatever. 
doesn't have to do a whole lot ever, really. Just show up. <laughs> well, the crowd explodes for Orton's victory. I'm not sure if they were happy that Orton won or that Roman lost. Or it could be a combo. I don't know. I mean, I it's Randy Orton. Any city could be pro-Orton or anti. You never know. I personally hated the ending of this Rumble. I wanted Roman to win, and I did not have any interest in Randy Orton winning. I, I've never been a Randy Orton fan. I I get that he's over. I'm not one of them. It's like, well, I don't like him. Therefore, I think he's awful, and he should never win. Like, clearly crowds love him. He gets, you know, tons of cheers. But, I don't know. He's never been a big fan yeah, of his. Him and Riddle are the hottest thing in wrestling right now. Yeah, I know. And everybody's waiting. Everybody's waiting for that big RKO out of nowhere. What I think would be cool if they to uh, subvert expectations is Riddle turns on Randy. He's too damn high to know when to hit him. <laughs> that would be awesome, though. Can you imagine a heel Matt Riddle where he gets all serious and starts kicking no. ass? No, but I don't want that. I would. He did that in the indies, and that was freaking sweet because he was with Walter there for a while. That was like he was just like He's a wrestling Walter MMA guy. Ah, oh, man. I might actually have to, because I haven't watched NXT in a while. I got to watch this. And didn't you say Braun Breaker's man, going but, Well, didn't uh, you say Braun Breaker's going for the title? Yeah, against Ciampa. Nice. Yeah, I, I might have now, to Now, if in. Usos and New Day didn't do what they just did, this could be a match of the year candidate, but it's not going to top that. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, uh, I don't know, I'm going to keep my eye on that one. I, I did see Orton, like, tease the RKO on, on Raw, but uh, didn't follow through with he it. He does it all the time to him to mess with him, so. <laughs> That's funny. But Corey right. Graves is, like, waiting for a dude, like, with bated breath. We're talking That's why kid it, on Christmas at the top of the staircase waiting to run down there. <laughs> That's why I think it would be funny if, if Riddle turned on Orton and then he's like, no, why? Thank you all. You've been great. I hope you appreciated uh, what I did for you here today, slapping this up here. Uh, I had a lot of fun going back and re-listening to this and putting it all together. Uh, it was cathartic for me, honestly. Uh, it was uh, therapeutic. I enjoyed it, and uh, I, I I miss this. I really miss it. I miss sitting. I just, I so badly just want to be able to uh, text Greg and be like, hey, uh, you ready to record? Yeah, give me a call. Uh, I pull up Skype and give uh, give him a call, and we uh, just shoot the crap, and we just have fun, man. I I had a lot of fun doing that. I had a lot of fun just talking with him whenever we seriously texted every single day. We were both talking about going to uh, WrestleMania this year together in uh, Philadelphia. It was pretty much set in stone, and it was going to happen. So, yeah, it really hurts that... Uh, the last time I, I ever saw him like in person was in Detroit when we went to SummerSlam together. It was a very fun event, fun weekend, even though Detroit, ugh, both of us agreed, Detroit kind of sucks, and it smells like cigarettes and weed, so there's that. But yeah, it was. Uh, I, I'm really thankful I got to experience uh, as long a friendship as I did with him. Uh, we were friends for... I, uh, 13, 14 years, somewhere in there. It was, it was a while. And we, we'd been to New Orleans together, um, Chicago, New York City, Columbus, Cleveland, Canton, Detroit. Uh, you know, it was, it was, uh, great to know him. 
great to talk to him. He was a he was a fantastic man, and he 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 talked about it a lot on this podcast. He hardly ever took in sugar. He never smoked a cigarette in his life. Never had a drink of alcohol in his life. Never touched a drug in his life. He worked out constantly. He was a very fit, athletic kind of guy. It was very health conscious. He was a germaphobe, very germaphobic. I, I kind of am, but nowhere near the level he is or was. And it just, uh, it just goes to show, man. He did everything right, and you just never know when your number is going to be called. And it's, it's very heartbreaking uh, to know that the world lost such a, a, a great dude. So, Greg, this one's for you. Um, thank you for being my friend. And thank you for being such a great dude. Uh, think about you all the time, buddy. And to all of you out there who tuned in and listened, I hope you uh, enjoyed what you heard. I hope you had a good time. This was for me, but it's also for all of you. I wanted you to all enjoy it as well. And thank you for joining in. We will see you all at least before WrestleMania. I'll try to throw something together before then, but we'll see how it goes next month. But uh, at least by March, you'll hear another podcast. It's going to be something similar to this, and we'll catch you then. Enjoy the Royal Rumble. Rumble.